from Grooveview Studios in Columbus, Ohio. This is Getting the Brand Back Together, a podcast exploring the interdisciplinary art of banding, branding, and business building. Rock and roll relic, poet, writer, and brandist, I'm your host, Brad Sirconi. Today, we're joined by Stacy Board, who is the CEO of Shadowbox Live. Welcome to the show, Stacey. Thank you so much. Glad you could make it here today. And I understand you had a little... Uh, you were entertaining late last night, right? I was at, entertaining, at the yeah. And then you asked me to drive up here <laughs> the next morning and didn't even have coffee ready for me. I'm not allowed to have coffee <laughs> in the studio. I'm everything about this decision right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see that since we're talking about bands, brands, and, yes, yeah. and, and business growth, you have a premier brand. I do. Is I that have- in the shot? I hope, here, yes. Here, a I can Evian. Vanna White it. Thanks. Vanna there White that for us. Yes. Evian. My Evian water. Yes. Yes. The best of the best. Your husband agrees with me. Yes. He is a snobby water fanatic. Yes. He will not drink anything but that kind of water. It's but hilarious. You, you told me before we came on the podcast, though, that he travels a ton. Yes, he does. Tokyo yes. and whatever mm-hmm. for, for his business. Mm-hmm. He's an attorney. Yes. He's a patent litigator. Patent litigator. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And... um he probably needs to do that so he has water, consistent water in his system, I would think. Travel. I think he does it just because he's snobby. I think you're giving <laughs> okay. him too much credit. I was credit. trying to give him an out. <laughs> it's okay. And how, well, snobby just about the water. He's not snobby in general. He's just, yes, he's yes. just very particular about that. It's pretty funny. And how did the show go last night? Uh, I think it went really well. I don't know if the review has come out. Uh, the audience seemed to really enjoy it. I had a great time. I think there's a couple of things that we might want to tweak and tighten up, you know, yeah. but we're going to let it ride another night. And just kind of get another feel for the audience. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for this holiday season. I got to admit. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. And the holiday season is a big season for you guys. Yeah, both. like retail. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, so the holiday season, we're doing 12 shows a week. And we just, we opened our holiday musical on Sunday. And then we opened our sketch comedy rock and roll show, uh, this year's holiday show last night. Yeah, and then yeah. we have a holiday Lunchbox show, which is a one o'clock show that opens on Tuesday, December 3rd. So, right. So, this is a crazy time, as I know, for you guys. Crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a, an honor and a joy to be a part of our community's, you know, holiday traditions. We've been doing this for 27 years. Uh, Just this, this, the stylish show, 27 years, which is just kind of mind boggling. But, um, yeah, we have people that have come every single year. Yeah. Show always changes. So, you know, but still. It's crazy. And that says something about your brand right there, right? That you become part of a, a, a familial meme for them, that they care enough to come, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty astounding. Right. Yeah. That's great. And I am, uh, in full disclosure, our company has worked with Shadowbox probably over the last decade on mm-hmm. various projects. Yep. Yep. And I think there's some artistic trust between us. Absolutely. That we don't necessarily have to talk to each other no. or sell each other. We know what's expected to what level and the intensity Agreed. of the work together. We're, cut, we're, we're very, very different, but we're cut from the same mold. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that being said, one of the things that I was thinking about in anticipation of you coming on the show today is this, uh, this idea of CEO. And in today's world, there's, you know, a a chief executive officer and there's, and I'm thinking about the term CEO and I've got some clients that we've renamed as a chief exploration officer, Mm -hmm. um, just because he could never stay put. He has to move around the continents. And then with you, I was thinking about this idea of chief entertainment officer. 
And that if, if anything, you are both, you have to wear both hats as a CEO at Shadowbox and a, and a CEO in, as an executive and a CEO as entertainment. If you think of Bono, he's the CEO of U2, mm-hmm. right? Right. And as you think about that, take us through how you balance this idea, because I've seen you around the office, how you balance this idea of entertainment on the one hand, and that's a different discipline. And then on the other hand, this idea of being an executive that's actually a leader. No, I actually think they're the same thing. I think I'm blessed to be able to have both roles. They, they help one another. And, and I, I don't think that that's exclusive to me. That's exclu- exclusive to my colleagues as well, because we all are onstage performers in addition to running the business. But I think the artistic discipline to be a performer mm. trains you to be a good business person as well. I think it also, you know, and you have to be able to be vulnerable and be courageous. And the same is true for business if you're doing it right. Right. And I think the fact that my colleagues, we perform together for so long and we do the business together. Again, we've done it for so long. There's a trust. There's a willingness. There's a buy-in that I don't think a lot of companies or businesses have that. You know, we can, we argue, you know, and we debate, but we come to a consensus, you know, and everyone rolls up their sleeves and says, okay, let's give it a shot. Um, just, but, you know, that's like creating a new show, right? Creating right, a new song. Right, right. You, you, you do it and it might not be right the first time and you keep tweaking it. You until, iterate. Yeah, you iterate, you know, and, and you listen for feedback. What's the audience think? What is the, right. and then, you know, you, you let that guide you. Which is exactly what a business does that may not be artistic in its product delivery. It might be a very conservative business like P&G, say, mm-hmm. out of Sensi, that has a whole entire portfolio of brands. They'll pre-release, release, iterate that data back from the consumer, right? And then make another decision on how that product's going to launch. Right. That's right. And when I think of your guys' shows and your platform of talent, I think of, again, an entertainment platform. I don't put you guys in a silo. And each show performance uh, by type of show and um, both artistically and its genre, whether it's sketch, comedy, and rock and roll, or whether it is a musical mm-hmm. uh, or an adaptation, uh, what's interesting about you guys is you manage each show almost independently, like each show is a brand. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, as a person, we all have various sides to us, right? And I, I think for us, that's what our artistic outlets are. They, they show, we have different sides. Of it. We have the crazy sketch comedy, rock and roll side, and we have the beautiful dance side. Right. And then we have the um, reverent rockumentary side where we do this musical tribute to these artists that have shaped and inspired us. And to be able to ha- be to explore all sides of that, of ourselves, as well as artistically is that's the bonus, you know? And that's why that's, you know, I could go to Broadway. I could absolutely, I could have killed it on Broadway. That sounds like the worst fucking idea in the world Right, to it's me. imprisonment. It's imprisonment. Yeah, right. you're, you know, I don't want to run around like a cat for right. three years of my life right. every night. That just sounds horrible. <laughs> and, you know, no, no disrespect to those who do it because clearly that works for them, but does it would not work for me and it would not work for my colleagues. Right, right. Yeah. And so that points to a very interesting thing culturally. I mean, when I speak to other associates or when I'm dealing with other 
you know, we've represented some other enter- entertainment brands, as you know, like Promo West back in the day, and, and their branding endeavors as well. What makes you guys special is that unique fabric of culture mm-hmm. uh, that you have created. And let's talk about that for a little bit, because I don't know that everybody grasps how unique that really is. Mm-hmm. And And for me, on the one hand, you guys, you know, do two things really well on a surface level, creating art and fusing that with a rock and roll attitude. Mm-hmm. But what really brings it together is the underpinning of that is you, you guys understand business. You are a nonprofit organization that understands brand performance to build business. Yeah. And, and I know at times for you, because you shared with me off mic, Mm -hmm. that it's challenging to be around other nonprofits in the sector because Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you guys have this, I call it, your secret weapon. Talk to us about a culture balanced in between art and rock and roll. And then it has this discipline of business. I will say, like, it's the same as when you're doing something on stage and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't mm. feel authentic, right. you know? And I think it's all about what speaks to you as a person, as, as, as a brand. And when it doesn't speak authentically, it feels pretty wrong. <laughs> like, it's just bad, you right, know? Right. And so we can't do that. Right. Like, that just, that, that does not work. And I do think that it's about, you, you know, there's a sense of surrender when you do it right, mm-hmm. I think. And, I you love know, that. But it is like you you can't go into it with an ego. You mm-hmm. can't go into it going, it's going to be this way. You go into it with an idea and a willingness to explore. And you have to be open and surrender to the information that's coming back to you as to how you refine it and how you take it to the next step. Which know, is humble. Which is humble. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's the only way that I know how to work or right. we know how to work. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that you're, you you know, you you have been at Shadowbox how long now? Uh, I am on my 31st year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I started when I was five. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that's a Dixie, you, that's you, a Dixie you, note right obviously there. Obviously, you're yeah. 36. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> clearly I'm 36. Yep, and I just And turned, you have a good eye. And I, that's like oh, yeah, crazy exactly. now, right? <laughs> right now I have, I have you eyes have I can damn see. damn new eye, of. I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that brings up another point that I wanted to touch base on that you just said that sparked an interesting thing. I was reading the other day, we were doing research for another client on cultural build, you know, cultural builds inside a brand. And um, this was a high-end consultancy that does some um, stuff for large brands. I think it was with Google. And Google was talking about how they refuse to hire rock stars anymore. They want bandmates. Oh, my God. And they said the reason they want bandmates is because rock stars show up late, drunk, and angry. Yeah. And bandmates are there every day. They're helpful, mm-hmm. they're compromising, mm-hmm. they're adaptive is mm-hmm. the word they used, and they're creative. Yeah. Do you think part of your victory in building the culture uh, at such a young age? Such a young age. The vision <laughs> um, I had in kindergarten was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> do you think that that has a lot to do with the personalities there that are bandmates, not rock stars? You know, it's interesting because we use the analogy a lot of, you know, has this person played sports? How coachable are they? 
And for us, especially in the artistic realm, it's it, they're, the person who actually played sports in, in a real way, competitive way, and does arts is a very interesting person. And why do you, why, why? Uh, because I think they are, they're disciplined, they're coachable, mm-hmm. you know, um, they understand that you can't do it by yourself. You know, you can't. I mean, you could try, but, but you're it's never going to be but as it's good. It's never going to be as good. It's never going to be as good. It's going to be way more difficult, and you're not going to get as good of a product. And I think the synergy that you have with teammates, because at some point you're going to go down, somebody, if you do it right, will be there right behind you to, to save pick you, you up, yeah, to yeah, pick yeah. you up and take you yeah. across the finish line. And uh, that's that's the beautiful p- part of it. And, you know, we don't, uh, you know, I'm definitely, we're definitely to a point now where we hire people, not necessarily talent. based on the, t- on the level of talent. Like clearly I can't start from ground zero. Right. But at the same time, if, I've, if we've got somebody that f- feels like they're going to fit within the fabric of our organization, that believes in what we believe in, that believes the power of art and how it can change lives and, and the responsibility to do so, um, and and that's really key. The responsibility, and you know, that's that's the person we want. That's the person we want because they're going to go along for the ride, right? right. You know, and they're not gonna they're not gonna sit there and go, well, I don't know, understand why I'm doing that because I personally am not going to benefit. Like they don't see the, you know they don't see the immediate reward. They understand it, it. It all comes back, right? Right. You know, it all comes back. I think it's really important. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I love that you added in there athletics. I think that's true too. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's the difference between um, all our days on the road back in, in my past and the band that I was in uh, touring with the Ramones and various other acts. The one thing we would always say after the show is brand first, band second. Mm-hmm. And what we meant was egos stay step behind. Yeah. They step way behind. Yeah. And you've got to keep that, you know, the one way to, to help keep the egos together is understand there's always something much bigger than you. <laughs> First of all, there's somebody way better than you out there. Right. I don't care at how everything you, you are. Do. Everything, at everything that you do, right? right? You know, and, and the thing that is um, comforting is the fact that, you know, I bring to the table my own collection of talents that are unique as a package mm-hmm. than anybody else. Right. And so, but I still... I mean, I'm still learning. Every time I get on that fucking stage, I'm like, wow, this is new. But that's what makes it addictive and beautiful, right? Yeah, it is true. It's true. It is. And organic. And organic. And, um, you know, the Queen Zeppelin show was, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It was like, it was like- An epiphany. It was. You know, it's challenging music. It's amazing music. It's to be able to do with my colleagues to such a high degree and- to have the audience be moved the way they were because they just enjoyed the artistic um, product, but well, as well, it brought back memories for them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they were able to kind of remember where they were, what they mm-hmm. were doing, or what that song reminds them of, and right. that's and to be able to put our own interpretation of it was, um, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. That's cool. Tell me about that. If the Shadowbox brand had a favorite artist today today, who would that be? I would say any artist who challenges us and inspires us Mm -hmm. is worthy of a mention. There's so many. Mm -hmm. There's so many. As as a brand, as far as us, I think, 
you know, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, Queen, some of these iconic category ba- leaders, yeah, categorical leaders, and, and and who were innovators, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, how they approached their instruments and time signatures and just tuning, tuning, and their, you know, lyrically, it was just, you know, it's it's astounding. And then, but then you have somebody like Aretha, who's just, I mean, she's Wales. Aretha, yeah, right, or right. or you know, Ann Wilson and Nancy Wilson from Heart, like right. their talent. I mean, um, it's also um, it's inspiring. You know, it, yes, it's it really is. It's and your best mimicry allows you to be. It's not you don't sound like them. No, you know? it's just the launching platform right. to explore other aspects of who you are, or right. what you are. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Talking about that and innovation, you use the word innovation mm. about those bands that you listed, mm-hmm. artists and bands that you listed, and. I have of late have been going backwards more than forward, although I am liking a lot of what's coming out in in new music right now. I was never really into country. And then I got got, some good stuff. I know. And I've, I I realized how dumb I was Mm -hmm. by not understanding that. And, um, so I'm into, you know, a lot of Chris Stapleton, a lot of Jason Isbell, Mm -hmm. this country alt, you know, they're bringing country back to where it was. And then there's this interesting artist. I'm going to bring this up to you because, there's a similarity between this artist and Shadowbox as a brand. And they, they, you guys even use some of the same branded language, which I find fi- fascinating. And his name is Sturgill Simpson. He wrote an, an album in 2013 that was up for Best Album of the Year. He did win Best Album of the Year for another album um, that he has that came out in 2017. Hmm. And he calls, in this album that he brought up in 2013 was titled Meta Modern Sounds. <laughs> Wow. Meta modern sounds <gasps> oh, in country music. Uh-huh. And so what he's doing is he's taking punk, the attitude of punk. Yeah. He's taking classic country vocal approach, right? Uh-huh. And then he is ta- he's writing this stuff in an alt, lean, musical feel. So he's taken these three categories and kind of placed them into this thing. And he, how does he start the album? This is the best part. And you can hear this punk override. Mm-hmm. And I know that you guys use the phrase that you and I have authored mm-hmm. together called a meta performer. Yes. Because as we haven't gotten in this conversation, his band has to be of many genres to pull this off. Yeah. Doing many things at one time. You call your teammates, uh, all your artists, mm-hmm. meta performers. Why don't you share with the listeners what you mean by meta performance? So, you know, we have a unique business model where um, there's a couple. I mean, we're met on a, a lot of different levels, which is even more better, right? It's meta cube squared. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but the fact, um, one, from a business standpoint, when we were first starting out, we couldn't afford to hire administrators and hire artists. That was, that, that was not a possibility. So we had to learn. You know, I have a degree that says I can sing. That's all I got. You know, and my but you can really sing, but well. I can't. Yeah, no, but I can't. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as running the business, as far as creating programs about doing community efforts, uh, leading the educational arms of we like, no, I don't. I don't have anything in that. But you know, and to right. go on instinct and to also listen to the feedback. So, but we're all like that. You know, we all have a an administrative title as well as the artists. So that's very meta. So we're we're guiding the patron experience from the moment they make a reservation 
to the very end. They're greeted by a performer who is checking them in. They are being at, they're at a table. They're getting weighted on uh, food and drink by a performer. They are cashed out by a performer, you know. And so from that aspect, there's a lot of buy-in and there's a lot of ownership, right? In the so, culture. In the culture. We craft the experience, right. you know. And we feel very fortunate. We don't, we don't take for granted our audience. Our audiences allow us to do what we do. And we want them to feel at home in the home that they have allowed us to create mm -hmm. and that they are a part of. Mm -hmm. So we're all sitting at the table together, you know? Right, so the audience is an extended member of the band and absolutely, the troupe. Absolutely, absolutely, hands down. And then from the other side of things for a meta performer is so many of us, you know, triple threat is like... Whatever, like right, we're in the fives. We're in the fives. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're like on steroids right, when it comes right. to that. And I triple think triple threats at cost threat. of entry. Yeah, come on, what is that? Eighteen hundreds, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. So you know, you it's so cool for so many of our audience when they understand that they're going to see a singer that's going to do a quick change, and then they're out doing a, a something on the comedy stage, or that a band member is then on the comedy stage, and you know, the dancing, and or they're running back to the tech and running sound for the next four songs. You know, that's what I think helps us become who we are. We're so mm -hmm. well-rounded and there's an appreciation for all the moving parts that make our world go round. And I love that. And I, and I want everyone to pay attention to this point that art, the collaboration of art already had you thinking about solving problems from different angles because that's yeah. what you do in art. Yeah, absolutely. When you're, when you're in a band, and the drummer drops drops his stick, you have to do something to cover, right? Yeah. It's oh. what great jazz masters did in the day. You cover. Oh. However oh. you got to cover. We have so many stories. Oh, yeah, totally. And in music, that's a given. And in business sometimes, in businesses, let's just say, that are maybe more traditional than the one that you've crafted. Mm -hmm. Or even the My field team. that... Yes, your, your entire team. Yeah. Um, the, the, the point here is, is that uh, you've taken that traditional idea and you said, oh, no, we're all going to share in this, mm -hmm. right? So we have each other's back all the time, you know, like a three-ring circus because it's live and anything could happen. Imagine if more companies that maybe aren't even in the art business, though I believe every brand has some part of itself in entertainment, whether it's nationwide insurance, if you think of insurance companies, banking companies, they, art is everywhere. Art is everywhere. Art is everywhere. It's infused in the morrow yes. of everything we do in a brand. Yes, right? absolutely. And so, yet the structure that you've taken is a common structure in art to apply this meta performance. Mm -hmm. That's how we survived on the road the mm -hmm. exact same way. Yeah. Right? Got to carry your own cases. And it's right. Carry your yeah. amps. And yeah, all. that went on for too long. <laughs> That's why we went in-house. Yes. <laughs> the audience comes have, to us. I have a funny story about that. We played, I'm off, I'm going off now. That's that's different. Yeah, you're going off track. Yeah, okay, all right, here we go. Wow. But, but my point I want to make back to that is, I think it's amazing that you guys have taken a, a, a formula that us as artists know to do and you've applied it to business and it works. And I've been inside your walls and it works. Yeah, but it's, it's so funny though because I always laugh because I'm like, oh yeah, it's all part of our master plan. So much of this was just out of ignorance of not right. knowing that we shouldn't. And there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power in going, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm going to give it my best shot. Yes. As opposed to some people who believe that they have all the answers 
And that's the problem. That's yes. when you get in trouble. Is yes. when you sit there and you think, I have all that's the That's the rock star syndrome. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, you probably don't. Right. Again, in fact, I'm, you know, it's going to show up. It's going to rear its ugly head here shortly. Right, right. Um, you know, you go in. I, mean, I, I don't want to um, discount what we bring to the table because it is deliberate. It's not like a bunch of artists just like, you know, throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. There's there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of forethought. There's a lot of, but there's also, I think the the driving force is the courage to try. Yeah. And I know that you guys use that attribute of courage a lot. Mm-hmm, and you don't even really care about the outcome, just to have courage in the first place. No, because you know, th- this particular outcome might not be where we want to go, but right. it's going to lead us to the outcome that we want in the next iteration. Right, right. Very true. Well, the one thing that I learned in um, the rock and roll business was that uh, courage led to two things at all times. Immediate humility and (laughs) failure, (laughs) which I learned a lot. And through all those failures, a little bit of confidence, like a sprout would come up. Yes. The beautiful thing in art is I could take that confidence, repackage it, commercialized, right? Yep. In business. Yes. Sell that all day long. Yes. Because you had the courage to be on that stage and fail. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so back to the roadie problem we were talking about, <laughs> about moving cases or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I do please, have a story. Please, no, I, I can't wait. Important. This is going to be good. And this is only because um, uh, I forgot to have your coffee in studio, right? So <laughs> yeah, you, well, I, some kind of reward. Yeah, here. there needs a. I, boy, you have a lot to live up to. Okay, here we go. Go. So we thought we had. Um, we thought, uh, you know, once we were signed, we were playing a couple clubs and we had a good management team. We had Freddie DeMann, who at the time managed Madonna, was our manager. And we had Gary Kerr first as a manager after that, who had the Talking Heads and Blondie and the Ramones. So we had two good managers and they were good in different ways. But I remember we were playing a show someplace in New York City and I can't remember what the name of the club was. All a blur. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't the drinking. We Not, were drinking. No, we, we didn't drink on, we were drinking Evian, okay, but. You know, being moving from city to city to city, it's a truck, it's a hotel, it's a stage, it's sure. next. Anyway, we thought we we're doing really well. Our manager shows up. I think at the time it's it is it's uh, Gary Kerr first. He sends past, great guy, and uh, we're playing. And uh, I, you know, with the stage lights, you can't see. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a small club, but we had a good night. <laughs> so, but we couldn't afford. We didn't have enough money to have a road crew, right? We had the band members, and I think we had one guy. But I think he did lighting and sound. sound. He was the yeah. Totally. He lit cigarettes. That's right. You know, drank Jack, and he also moved cases every right. now and then. Sure. <laughs> so uh, we get done playing, like hover like this over the lights, and um, Gary says, "Well, I I brought two people here to help you load out." And I look down, and it's uh, Joey Ramone and Deborah Harry. And I said, really? And this club had 22 steps, concrete steps going down, big Marshall amplifiers. And there's Joey. Oh my gosh. And Deborah Harry getting the anvil cases and scooting them right up 22 flights. I said, I said now that's humility. I don't think they made it up all the way up. I think we intercepted and said, no. Yeah, we, I can't, you're let, I can't the gods. let you do this. That's right, right exactly. Right. I can't let you do this. Right. But, um, uh, that's the idea. That that's the kind of community that's built by having the courage to do that in the first place. Yeah, and I, I think guess. you know, you know, we we have a thing where we, you know, we clean up after the shows. Not I like, know you, you do. Know, we don't have somebody coming in and cleaning up after the audience. There's no, we're out there. There's doing no janitorial it. There's no service. Janitorial service at Shadowbox Live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That doesn't fit the brand. <laughs> Does not fit the brand. That's right. And I'm not spending money on that. Um, I know you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not spending You're money not on invest that. In yeah, that. Like, not in that. Um, and there's a lot of you know, power in picking up a broom 
beside your first year. Right. You know, and right. you just, you you know, my uh, COO, Katie talks about that a yeah. lot. It just, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, and you do what has to be done to get the job done. And there's something very humble about having to, to having to do that. Mm-hmm. And then as you understand the humility of that, you start to say to yourself, I actually respect doing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's also not like being, we're not throwing our resources away because if we generally have something that needs attention right there and then from guiding the business, then we'll go, we'll go do that. Right, right. But if you've got 15 minutes that you're just, you know, shooting the shit, right. Go pick up a broom. Right, right, right. (laughs) Go pick up a broom. Right. Your hands can work while your mouth is moving. That's it. Oh my God. Yes. That's (laughs) so true. (laughs) Um, Okay. There's something else that I want to talk to you about a little bit. And that is this idea of making room for brand. When our team, Circoni, started first working with Shadowbox, Mm -hmm. you guys had built this thing through trial and error. It's not like the culture was just there. Oh, no. It's no. not like the brand was even defined by the time we met up with you. You know, we didn't even know where the ball was going. We just kept rolling it. <laughs> That's well said. I mean, really and, now, and truly. The, now, the first theater burned down, correct? Right. Uh, not the first the one. one. It was our second one. It was one. actually the second yeah, theater second that burned, theater down. burned down. down. What year was that? What? In 1999. That's right. And you sent me these be- this beautiful picture of somebody holding a sign. You guys met at a Waffle House. I'm going to bastardize yes. the story. That's okay. Can't that's wait. What I, that's yeah, can't what I wait do. to hear your version. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I tell stories the way I recall them. <laughs> How they should be told. <laughs> that's correct. Your mind. Yes. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, um, somebody, I don't remember which troop member it was, after the burndown, you guys had a meeting at a Waffle House. We did four in the morning. At four in the morning. Yeah, so we didn't even know how bad the fire was at that point. Right, but you're all- We were strategizing. We're already strategizing. Right, that's a business move. Yeah. We just lost our point of distribution yeah. for our theater. Yeah, well, we actually, we didn't think that. We were just trying to clean up. We thought for sure that we were going to be, we thought we were going to do a show that night. That's how silly we were. <laughs> I'm so we naive. We, we thought, yeah, it's like, we thought we were going to do a show that night until yeah. the sun came up and we were able to see that there were holes in the ceiling. <laughs> And that everything was melted. And we're like, oh, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) But you guys created a little placard out of the ashes that said, can't stop us. Yeah, it was actually, I think it might have been David. It was David Whitehouse. Yeah, it wasn't a placard. We had mirrors in our back space uh, for the dance studio and it was covered in ash. And he took his finger and he wrote, can't stop us. And that, that has been... Um, you just saying that gives me goosebumps. It, it, it was a mantra for is. us, you know, and can't stop us. And I will say, you know, um, with the passing of Steve mm-hmm. um, in 2018, who was the founder of the organization, um, the mantra that was even more so. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people kind of were just assuming we were going to curl up and die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like, don't underestimate us. You know, yeah, I and, love that. And the show must go on and you can't stop us. And, you know, we might hit a wall. But we'll figure out a way to get around the wall or over right, the right. wall or under the wall. And there's that damn creativity, right? Coming yes. back in again oh saying, my God, yes. we can solve anything. Yeah. Don't talk about the problems. Talk to me about the solution. That's right. When I'm always talking. saying, don't come to me and tell, come to me with your proposed ideas on how we fix this. I had a young intern after I started the agency that came in one day. She was highly skilled and um, great creative. And she was shaking because we had this problem. And I said, um, it was a major account. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's not a problem. You haven't looked hard enough for the solution. It's there. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, they, they need us to call back by this afternoon. I said, 
we don't, I don't call clients back without a solution. Right. So you've got 24 hours. You right. really want to learn what this business is about? Here you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The show must go on. That's and right. Even if the solution wasn't the final one we worked on, it was a step right. in a direction. Well, and I think, you know, to, to piggyback on that is we don't shy away from looking at the brutal facts. I like it. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I need to understand what the problem is. Well, you and I have had this conversation in our current brand. Right. But so many, but I think a lot of struggles for business people is they don't want to look at the, they want to just see what they want to see. And that's what you get. That's when you get in problems. So, you know, our ability to look at a stage and go, that is the worst piece of shit I have ever (laughs) seen in my life. Uh. And we don't sit there and go, freak out. Well, sometimes we freaked out. We're like, okay. Right. But, you know, I keep saying, we don't open tomorrow or we we, we don't open for three hours. We've got a we whole... Still, we got, we've, we've got, got a three whole hours. 12 hours to fucking figure out how we get out of this yeah. mess, right? We might write a whole other show in yeah, that time. But you know what? We do. We figure it out, right, you know? Right. And... um. But it's because we're willing to look at it and go, oh, that, that's, it's right. really bad right. right now. This right. is really bad. Whereas other people are like, well, we'll just slap a Band-Aid and hope that nobody else thinks it's as bad as we are. I'm like, right. well, yeah, that, that just, that's never going to work. Right, right. We, won't, work. we don't even go down that road. No, we don't even go down that road. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. I, I love that. And, and what I was going to ask you about all this is you've been at Shadowbox for over three decades. So you've seen the transi- <laughs> transition from... A, a troop that was putting out stuff that didn't have uh, direction into all of a sudden a, a thematic troop. We went through um, a, a number of name changes where oh, it yeah. was, right? Um, the ones I know about were Shadowbox Cabaret, the Shadowbox Live. No, Shadowbox that, Theater before that. That's right. So it was Shadowbox Theater. Theater, Shadowbox Cabaret, Cabaret. now Shadowbox Live. Shadowbox yeah. Live. And we're even thinking about ways to condense that, right? Right, right, For, right. In, in certain In certain branding moments and certain messages. But my point is, how difficult was it? Because I know how busy you all are, just like any CEO in any company. Mm-hmm. How difficult was it to make space to actually brand the company? Because it's a whole other, it's a whole other moment it, to make space to do that when all you might have been doing, maybe say in your first 10 years or your first 20 years, was reacting to the, this success, the next tactic, this success. And then sometimes we stop like the process we went through 10 years ago and we actually started the branding process. Was that hard for you guys to make room for that or was it natural? No, I think it was natural. It was, it was like having a song inside of you and you have to write the melody. You have to get it out. You know, that's what it's like. And and that's even, well put. And even in in what we're doing right now in this process is like I had I I had the script in front of me mm-hmm. and the script was wrong. Mm-hmm. It did it and didn't, you didn't want it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to perform this script. Right. I have this other script in my head that and not just me, our team. Right. We had this other script in our head and we didn't have a show to express what we needed to express. So we had to write it. Right, right. And that's what we're doing. We're writing our new script, you right, know? Right. And the good thing is that we know up here what the script is supposed to say. And it's kind of like, you know, you, you write your first page and you kind of kind of have to keep writing mm-hmm. and then you can go back and, and tweak it, you mm-hmm. know? But we have a really strong outline. Yes. We have a strong outline and now we have to write out the narrative. That's right. And, well and said. the imagery. So well that's, said. that's how I feel about it. And you don't think that, um, let's say, some other clients, I've been 
doing well b- between music and branding, banding and branding, as I put it. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. time. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that. But the last 20 years in doing a lot of intensive branding, sometimes the ability to understand the unfolding of the narrative you just brought up about the brand mm-hmm. is difficult for a more conventional company. Yeah, because they don't they don't have all the bruises of being an artist. Yeah. And that's you know? probably it. Yeah. I mean And the wisdom that goes along with those bruises. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got deep cuts, we've been stitched up, we've had casts on, we've done it all. So this to us is actually the band-aid. Yeah. Like this is the healing process, right? right? right, right like to, to we've already the, done the work. We've already done, yeah, we've we've already fallen down a million times. Right, we've already right, done right. all that work. Right. Now what we're doing is um we're giving ourselves guardrails, yes, right? Yeah. So that we don't and you fall and I off talk again. about we, yeah. we talk about that all the time. Yeah. Along those lines, let's talk about one other thing that you from from what you all the knowledge you have learned in culture building, brand building, artistic cooperation. If we talk about those things, tell us a little bit about a, a unique component of the brand that I know that you guys have about culture building for businesses and how you approach that from an artistic point of view. I mean, ourselves or some or somebody somebody else. else. Somebody else. We allow companies to come in. And I've done this a lot for other nonprofits when they're trying to raise funds where we we craft an experience that is rooted in rock and roll that supports the messaging of whatever it is that they're trying to relay. So, you know, for instance, whether it's a, a group that's coming in that's trying to raise funds for autism right. or housing or what, you know, we'll, I guide them and just say, you know, here, let's break it up, right? Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear somebody talk for not today. Yo, no. Like, you know, short, in and out, in and out. So to be able to provide music throughout their presentation that supports the messaging of I could buy with a little help from my friends or help or, you know, things like that. There's so much power in that. Um, and it's, but that was so easy for us. Right. Like, but You know but, what I mean? It was so easy for us. Right. But they're, you know. Um, they're not used to that environment. They're not used to that environment. Right. That's right. right it was, right. Um, and so that's been something that we we do periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I actually, to be honest, I don't, I don't go out and hustle that. No, I know. I know you. I, I don't hustle that. Like we're doing our thing. And then if there's a cause that comes to us that, feels right that wants to and resonates that, and resonates and I'm like okay I'll, I'll I'll do this for you yeah yeah like we'll do this together not yes. for you but we'll yeah, do yeah. this together yeah I love that yeah. and um when I was at the uh 360 fundraiser yeah not too long ago 365 yeah my right. point is <laughs> <laughs> that you told a great story that was emotionally moving that I'd like you to uh share a little bit with us today because uh, Shadowbox Live Entertainment brand is inseparable from the Columbus community. Uh, yes. Right. They, they right. over the years, you guys have made them one thing. Yeah. And you had just experienced in the using art uh, with some people in the, in the uh, criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. You have a very, again, inspiring program. If we talk about basic corporate, as you said, that those come to you. This you went to. Yes. Because this in, in, intrigued yeah. you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I was invited by uh, Pat Wynn Brown, who does a lot of work within the women's prison. And she came to me and said, you know, I've been watching you in your shows. And would you be interested in coming and working 
and giving a, a talk or a presentation to women inmates. And, you know, I'd never, I'd never thought about it. I had never done anything like that before. And my hesitation, and I said, my hesitation is don't, don't take that as a no. That's not a, it's, it's not a no. I'm just kind of processing everything. Cause at first she was talking about bringing the whole band in. I'm like, I need to do this on my own. Like I'm not bringing in any of my people until I have done this by myself and I understand w- what I'm signing up for. So I went in and performed for them. And now, did you do this? I, I wanted to stop the whole 365 event. And raise my hand. Yeah, yeah. Because you know me, Dr. Curious. I know, right? But did you sing that acapella? What do you mean I you did. performed? So I um, had our music director, Kevin uh, yeah. Sweeney, he put together some backtracks. So it was kind of karaoke, okay. which I hate karaoke. I know okay. you do. I, Don't I bring it, it up right now. Don't bring, we yeah. might, I might burn down this whole studio. I know. I hate karaoke. <laughs> Okay, so, but aside from that, I thought this is the only way to do this. Okay, so yeah. he created backtracks for me and we went in in that particular theme was the show must go on. Mm-hmm. And- uh, Like talking, life must. Like life right. must go and, right. and talking about, you know, our story on how many times I have felt the show must go on. Mm-hmm. Um, the organization has felt the show must go on. So I sang a song called Gravity. Um, it's a Sarah Bareilles song. Mm-hmm. It was in our show Great called- Great It's a beautiful, it, yeah, it's a beautiful song. Um, that appeared in our dance theater production, Broken Whispers, um, which was an adaptation of The Great Gatsby. And um, it's a very emotional song within the show. And it's a very emotional song for me. And uh, and I told them, I said, I'm going to sing this song for you at 10 in the morning, which come on, right? Yeah. Be uh, patient with me. Yeah, as I, open-minded. As I, open-minded. Forgiving. Forgiving. That's right. I'm doing this at 10 in the morning. And I did. And I couldn't look at him because I, it's a very emotional song for me. And when I get done, I can feel them open up. Like I can feel their emotion just at my feet. And it was a an incredibly impactful, I'm crying just thinking about it, Jesus. Yeah. Um, incredibly impactful experience. And then I did a couple other songs, uh, Higher Ground, Stevie Wonder. Um, I gave them all a voice lesson, which was hilarious. They were uh-huh, laughing so uh-huh, hard. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. doing vocalese and yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, I had them sing uh, the course of I Love Rock and Roll with me. Yeah. And they were up dancing and they were so free and they were so happy. How many so women? Connected. I would say there were a couple hundred there. Wow. For that particular. Wow. And I had a woman who came up to me afterwards and, you know, she's not getting out. This woman is not getting out. And she came up and she hugged me and she said, you made me feel things that I haven't felt in decades. There you go. There you go. And and that's the power of art. And you know, it was, it was an easy lift. My husband argues. He goes, that's not an easy, that was not an easy lift because you had to prep it. You drove from Cincinnati at six in the morning, clear up to Marysville to spend and donate a hour of time. But it was an easy lift. You know, yeah, this yeah. is something you that mean, I from had your to soul, share. It was easy. Yeah, and, and you know, time is time, right? Right, right. But the, you can't impact is impact. You, you can't replace those forty minutes that I had no, with those women. No. You can't. So, in fact, after this, I'm going to go meet with the warden to see if I can do more. Bring that the is, whole band and do it for everything. That's Twenty six hundred awesome. inmates. That's awesome. Yeah, because I was I was actually talking to somebody. I said, you know, it wasn't. It's not any different working with them than it is for underserved high school kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they've made mistakes. They've had hardships. But the fact of the matter is we all have our own prison. Mm-hmm. We all have our own prison. And sometimes for many of us, arts is the only way to get out. Yeah. And I think that's very true. Um, it is very true. 
And, you know, speaking of inspiring others like that, I think, um, um, you know, I've had, not to that level, but I've had a, um, a woman reach out to me six months ago that had uh, cancer, stage four cancer. I've never met her, mm -hmm. but she was a huge Toll fan <laughs> and never met her. And she called me uh, or she hit me up on Facebook and I think somehow got my phone number. So just called myself from the hospital. Oh, man. So I stopped whatever I was doing. I think I was in a meeting and I went out and called her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get her, but I left her a message telling her that whatever moment that I gave her mm -hmm. an inspiration, she's given back to me tenfold. And this is right. 20 years later. Right. That's the gift of life. It is the gift of life. And it's the responsibility of using your gifts to make the world a better place. Right. You know, and, you know, we, you know, when Steve was diagnosed with cancer, we were inspired to write Fuck Cancer the Musical. Which and, is genius. Which was, it, you know, and I think I have high hopes for that show, that it will continue to have tremendous impact. But for these people that are in the audience that either fought their fought or, or won or are fighting, whatever, to feel like they are, are being heard and seen with their ordeal, like they were so grateful. Right. Like, you know, and... um for us, it was a way to just have an outlet to mm -hmm. talk about the experience and, and how this thing affects all of us, you know, yeah. and, or even the dream, you know, when we did that in 2017, I believe, with just the, the kind of political unrest that we had and we were- Is that going to, around now? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, you know, we, we wanted to address it. You know, we wanted to address that, you know, you don't have to sit by passively right. and just accept things. You right. can, there, you know, there are these people in the 60s that took one person to make a change. Yeah. One person that had the courage, yeah. again, to go stand up and say, we need to do better. Yeah. You know, what, what is it, Maya, that says, uh, when you know better, you do better? Yeah, exactly. Maya Angelou. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, so true. And, and I love your points about, you know, this idea of art being cathartic. In that case, you guys yes. were dealing with it. And the yeah. way to deal with it is to write something about it. Mm -hmm. Hence, fuck cancer, right? That's right. And, um, and by the way, the, the, in that case, the using the profanity is, is profound, it's, right, right, because it carries an anyone attitude. anyone who had it would say understands that. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, and so I love that you guys are using that courage cathartically, and then also you're giving that you know as a live visceral moment for those who may be going through it. That's right, or going through it with somebody, somebody as a caregiver, love. or right. you know, yeah, right, 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 yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stacey, for uh, being on the uh, podcast today. It's been a wonderful conversation. I knew it would be. Thank you. Um, you know, um, you and I have worked together so much. I don't know that we've actually had time to have a conversation on this kind of stuff. No, I, I can't. I don't think I've ever drank with you. No, I don't. That thing. Well, that's I ever think. Happened. Well, there would be a fire. Things would implode. Yeah, exactly. But that's like kind of crazy <laughs> to think about. It like, is because all we do is all work. All we do is well, yeah. But even when we talk, we talk very kind of lofty kind of things, you know. And I like know. usually people are doing that after drinks. So we're doing it one o'clock in the afternoon, right? Exactly. Or like after an opening night, <laughs> with no coffee. <laughs> with no coffee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to thank you a million and um, for, fun. For, for for being on thank the you. show. Yeah, yeah, it. it's great and. Uh, um, for, for anybody who hasn't seen the fabulous 
courageous art of Shadowbox Live. You've got to check it out. I am so incredibly grateful for your talents to help me put words and images of how I feel and how we feel as an organization out into the world. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, that'll be it for this episode of Getting the Brand Back Together about uh, banding, branding, and business building. So thanks for listening. 